0: Right, so some of y'all know that I have been uh, on the road a good bit lately, and I had an experience just uh, last week that I want to tell you about. Um, I, I showed up in Atlanta. I flew into Atlanta, and, of course, I had to get a rental car. And so I went to all my meetings. And one of the things that you do when you get a rental car is you make sure you fill it up before you take it back to the rental car place because they want to charge you like $25,000 per gallon to fill it up. And so I decided that I would wait to the last minute, and I got to the closest gas station I could find at the airport there in Atlanta. And I pulled in and I opened my door, got out and started filling up my tank. And while I was doing that, I noticed that about two bays over, there was this guy also filling up his car. But while he was filling it up, he was smoking a cigarette. And I'm just like, man, you're crazy. So being a rule follower follower like I am, I look down and sure enough, just to make sure all over the gas tank, the the the, the pump, there are signs everywhere that say no open flames allowed, no cigarettes, I mean, got the line through it. And, and you know, I, I'm like, I'm wanting to say something, but he was kind of big. So I decided I would mind my own business. So I, I, I finished filling my tank and then I had to go in the store to get a drink on the way to the airport. And so as I'm, uh, oh, by the way, I also looked up and noticed that two bays further down there were two police officers there filling up their car too, and they were watching him as he was smoking his cigarette, filling up his car, and they weren't doing anything about it. Anyway, that's a different story. So I make my way to the store to get my drink, and on the way, I hear this loud scream of pain, and I flip around in my walk. I'm almost to the door, and I see that the guy's arm where he's been pumping the, the, the gas is engulfed in flames, and I'm just like, good grief, man. Uh, and I wanted to say, you should have known better, but I didn't. And, and I look up, and all of the of a sudden the police officer running towards him, and I, I'm thinking, man, they're gonna help the dude. Instead, when they get to him, they pull out their handcuffs, they throw him on the ground, and they strap his arms behind him. And so I'm like, man, I gotta I gotta find out what's going on. So I run out there and I'm like, what are y'all doing? And the police, police officer looked at me and said, Well, he was waving a firearm. Okay, dun dun dun. Okay, yeah. I'll, Gotcha. So it's just (laughs) a funny way to illustrate that we get ourselves in trouble. (laughs) Okay, I should have just dismissed after that um, because it's a funny way to illustrate the, the problems we get ourselves into when we run yellow lights and we ignore warning signs. There's a portion of scripture I wanna take you to. We're gonna do a little Bible work this morning in the book of Acts that uh, is similar to this occurrence that I made up in Georgia, uh, but it will help you. In Acts chapter nine, Acts chapter 27, I want you to join me there. And we're gonna begin reading in verse nine. We're not gonna read the entire account, but I do want you to pay attention to some of the highlights. It says this, the weather was becoming dangerous For sea travel because it was so late in the fall. And Paul spoke to the ship's officer about it. Men, he said, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on shipwreck, loss of cargo and danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captains and the owner than to Paul. And since Fair Havens was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, further up the coast of Crete and spend the, weather, spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and northwest exposure. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the, st- the sailors thought they could make it. That's a key phrase. The sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly and a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. And the sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind. So they gave up and let it run before the gale. Verse 27, and about midnight on the 14th night of the storm, on the 14th night of the storm, as they were being driven across the sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. Verse 39. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. And then they lowered the rudders and raised the foresail and headed towards the shore. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by forces, by the force of waves, and began to break apart. Uh, one of the, the warning signs in our lives that we often overlook is or, or are yellow lights. I, I don't know how you approach intersections when you're driving. I just know how 99.9% of the people in Oklahoma City approach an intersection when there's a yellow light. We begin to believe and declare and proclaim that it is closer to green than it is to red, and we barrel through the intersection at 96 miles an hour. Have you experienced that? Uh, And we convince ourselves, and I I have to admit, there have been moments where I don't want to wait, and I don't want to slow down, and I don't want to spill my coffee, and so I, I barrel through the intersection on the yellow light, And it becomes, if we're not careful, a habit. But we know in the back of our minds that if we continue to do that, that ultimately the end result, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not even six months from now. But the the, the chances are that at some point, if we continue to to do that, when we approach an intersection, that one of two things is going to happen. Either somebody's going to hit us or we're going to hit somebody. Right. We just kind of know it. And we're just believing that we're the exception and not the rule. Well, what we often forget is this, is that that by running that yellow light, we are going to be involved in a wreck. And what I've also come to understand is that in life, if we continue to ignore warning signs, the truth is, is that we, like these sailors that I read you about, are going to experience a wreck. For us, it could be a relationship wreck. It could be a stewardship. Wreck. Wreck. It could be a friendship wreck. It doesn't matter in, but uh, which area. We just recognize that at some moment in our life, if we continue to live like this, that we're going to experience a wreck, an, a, a devastating moment in our life. So back to the story. This is what happened. Paul, who is a prisoner, warns the captain of the ship, and they ignore him. They trust a supposed expert more than they try to discern the voice of God. And it gets them in trouble. And so so they ignore him. And then the Bible says this, and it's an important little statement. It says, and a south wind begins to blow, just a light one. It says, a light south wind wind begins to blow softly. That is a warning sign. And I want you to notice that the sailors ignore the soft wind. They not only ignore Paul, they ignore the soft wind. And the soft wind was a yellow light. And, it's, and then by ignoring it, it results in a storm that shipwrecks them. And what I came to tell you this morning is this, God will usually allow a wind to blow softly first can't get no help, y'all, are, y'all still asleep. Uh, God will usually allow the wind to blow softly before the storm, trying to warn us to change course. We end up in trouble when we refuse to pay attention to the soft winds that he allows to blow into our life. And, and then like the sailors, what happens is the wind blows and we think we can make it and we think we're strong enough on our own and we think we're gonna out, out, uh, out distance the trouble, but eventually the trouble catches up to us. Here's some of the soft winds I think maybe we we struggle with. Too often we ignore the soft winds of a friend's rebuke. The Bible says that the the wounds of a friend uh, are, are better than the kisses of an enemy. It's a soft wind. It's somebody that really cares about us. They, they're concerned about us and they approach us and, and they rebuke us and we get angry and we want, we want to refuse to listen to them. And it was just the soft wind. And when we refuse to respond to the soft rebuke, then God allows the strong storm to blow in. We, we ignore the soft wind of the nudge of the Holy Spirit. Are y'all you, are you here this morning? The soft wind of the Holy Spirit. He, he blows in and he convicts us. And, and if we're not careful, we ignore this, the soft wind of a passage of Scripture that we thought we had forgotten, but in the moment, in the, in the situation in our life, the soft wind of that Scripture coming back to our memory and it convicting us and, 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 and chastising us and even rebuking us. And oftentimes we, we ignore it. The gentle breeze of a parent's instruction. Yeah, I thought, I, I, didn't, I thought my parents didn't know anything until I was about 25 and I suddenly recognized they were wise, right? And all these years I wasted ignoring the soft wind of their instructions. I, I, I want you to understand the soft wind that we feel in our life is a yellow light that we must learn to feel and heed. And here's why. Irritation is an indication that you better get a revelation, yeah, irritation. No, notice the warning that was given uh, by by Paul. Paul is a prisoner. He's not. He's not a sailor by trade. He's a tent maker by trade. He has no experiencing, no experience in in in, in uh, sailing a boat, guiding a boat, directing a boat. He's just one of two hundred and seventy five other prisoners on board. And he steps up and he gives a word from the Lord, but but he's ignored because he wasn't. When you, when you read the account, you got to figure out he's not in a great position to give orders, right? He's a prisoner. I, I wonder how many times we don't think the person who God is trying to use to give us warnings is in a position to give us revelation, I wonder how many times God sends us somebody that we wouldn't pick out of a crowd and say, hey, they're in a great position to give me a, a revelation of what God is trying to do in my life. And so we, di- we, we dismiss them and we ignore them and we get ourselves in trouble. He warns them, but he's ignored. I wonder how many of us ignore warnings simply because we can't discern, discern God's voice and separate it from the person that the warning is coming through. I've taught you this before, but it seems like over the last three or four weeks, this, this truth has continued to, to rise up. As I, as I was spending some time with college, some college students on the East Coast and some other people around uh, in different settings, it seems to continue to come back up. So I'm going to tell you again, just so you don't forget. God is the greatest ventriloquist that's ever lived. He warned, he, he throws his voice through other people. And until we recognize that when they speak to us and it it produces irritation in us, until we recognize that that is an indication that we better get a revelation about our lives, we will will summarily dismiss them and we will miss his voice. I, I just need to tell you this. He will throw his voice through unlikely people. I just want to tell you that he will throw his voice through prisoners. He signals through broken shepherds. He speaks through less than perfect people. And often these messages are irritations that we want to ignore. And because we don't heed those warnings, our vessel, our ship gets sunk. I just want to help you this morning. You better separate God's voice from the personality he uses to deliver it. Because a lot of times God's speaking to me and I don't like the personality that's delivering it. And so I go, well, he's not talking to me. He doesn't have nothing to say to me. And in that moment, we miss the warning that we should have heeded. But here, here, here's the deal. Paul warns them, but it's not enough. God not only speaks through Paul, but then a soft wind begins to blow, and, and again, once again, the irritation is ignored, and the sailors find themselves shipwrecked. Here's what happens. Here's the result. The end of the story, they're surrounded by loss. They lose all their cargo. They they they, they endure pain. They endure regret. And all of that could have been avoided if they had taken heed to the warning signs that God had placed in front of them. A lot. A lot of times we simply run yellow lights because we want to be fast more than we want to be right. And I just want to get you to do something this morning with me. I want you to pull back a little bit and recognize that we need to slow down long enough to see that, that the Lord sends warning signs and light winds to help us as an indication, even if it irritates us, that we need to slow down and listen. I want you to hear me. Because I think I'm going to help you this morning. Here it is. Your, sensi- your sensitivity determines your safety. These sailors ignore Paul's warning and the gentle breeze and it nearly kill, kills them. Uh, let me tell you what I'm afraid of this morning. I think for most of us, we, are, uh, uh, we have become more like Jonah than we want to admit. Jonah is warned. Light breezes. And yet he, he, he determines that what he's going to do is that he's going to go his own way and it takes a strong wind to get his attention. In fact, he, he has sm- smooth sailing. He could have been a smooth sailing to where God told him to go and he refuses, right? And then uh, the, the nightmare of uh, being thrown overboard, sw- sw- he, he's on a sinking ship, he's swallowed by a fish all because he ignores the soft warning. The, the soft breeze. And what does he do? He chooses a storm instead. I think a lot of us have become way too comfortable in heavy winds. We have become too insensitive to the light winds. And we become so comfortable in gale force winds that we don't even notice, notice the signs until it's to almost too late. And what we're trying to convince you of in this series this month is this. We must pay attention to the yellow lights that God is placing in front of us. I wonder uh, how many marriages have been lost simply because the man or woman never paid any attention to the nudge, the warning signs. If the couple could have remained sensitive to the light wind, then they could have asked for help and they could have avoided the harsh winds of divorce. I just want to tell you this morning, in the course of the history of our church there have been many couples that Julie and I have sat down with too late. We had one particular couple, you don't, most of you don't even know them, a long time ago that we married them and, and then all of a sudden, two years later they're in divorce and we're like, what's going on? And they said, we started having problems in the first three months. And I'm like, Well, why didn't you say something then? Before it got too late, we ignore the the warning lights early and it produces damage. I, I wonder how many of us find ourselves suffering from the harsh wind of financial stress and pressure simply because we refuse to see the warning sign and feel the soft breeze of rebuke that we're overextending and we're overspending and we're buying things we can't afford because we're trying to keep up with people we don't even like. And we ignore it And then we find ourselves in the middle of the storm, and then we find ourselves in an altar, God, God, saying, "God, you got to bail me out, and I need you to pay off all these bills that I've accrued over these last few months, even though you told me not to." Okay, it's quite. Okay, How, how many of us have ignored the issue that was becoming uncontrollable? and overlooked the, the, this desire that was building inside of us that has now become all-consuming and we refuse to notice that the, the things that... that and, and, and so now this thing has become a full-blown addiction and it controls our life and it destroys everything in, our, in its path simply because we refused to pay attention and we, we, we weren't sensitive enough to hear God speaking to us. I want you to know that if we'll pay attention to the signs, then we can avoid the brokenness that will result from harsh winds that will come only after there has been a warning to slow down. I want you to know I'm thankful this morning that God is so merciful that he does give us warning signs. I'm I'm thankful that we can avoid the the harsh winds, the harsh reality of brokenness if we would simply become more sensitive. I I recognize that sometimes we find ourselves in a storm on the command of God. I'll take you to the New Testament, I can prove it. Jesus told the disciples to get in the boat and go before him and what happens? They're obeying God and they find themselves in the middle of a storm, right? So I know that happens sometimes, but let's be honest, 9.99% of the the time, 99.99% of the time, we find ourselves in storms of our own making. Just me? Yeah, yeah, I, I thought I was right. If we would have just heated the yellow light, the warning signs, we could have avoided all the brokenness and the pain and the hurt and the turmoil of that situation. I want us to realize that our sensitivity determines our safety. Let me tell you what I want to happen at Passion Church in us, in myself, in you, all of us together corporately. I want us to become people who are sensitive to the nudge. If you're close enough to somebody, elbow them. Just gently just say, did you even notice? Did you even notice? Hit somebody else and say, you better notice. Yeah, 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 because... It's as we become sensitive to the soft breeze of direction that now, this is what happens. When you become sensitive to the soft breeze, then you no longer need and require the harsh wind of correction. Did you miss it? If you're sensitive to the soft nudge, then you will no longer require the harsh wind of correction in your life. That's how I want us to become. I want to encourage us to become a group of people that are so sensitive to the soft wind that it no longer takes a strong wind to get us to change our path. At the first sign of yellow, at the first moment of conviction, at the first indication of pain, I adjust. I remain so sensitive that, that I, I don't become like the proverbial frog in the kettle. We've talked about this story before, but did you know that you can, put a, you can take a boiling pot of water and throw a frog in it and it will jump out immediately? But if you take the same frog and put it in the pot and increase the temperature slowly over a period of time, it will set in that pot until you boil it to death. I want to become so sensitive to the nudging of the Holy Spirit that at the first subtle change in spiritual temperature, I jump to safety. I, I, I want the slightest breeze to of God's warning in my life, the conviction of the Holy Spirit in my life, the rebuke of a friend, the nudge of the Holy Spirit, that now I bail out and I go, God, I sense that you're speaking to me and I recognize that if I stay sensitive to you, then you won't have to bring a harsh wind into my life. That's what I want God to do. Here's the, here's the other thing I want to tell you. I want to tell you that course correction is better than course destruction. I, 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 I think uh, when, I, when I read this account, what I see is that all of the turmoil and the fear and the pain and the loss of valuable cargo could simply have been avoided if the sailors had just paid attention to Paul's warning in the soft breeze, but they thought they knew best So they refuse to make a course correction and they end up being driven to destruction. Too many of us start down a course and we see yellow lights and we feel the light breeze. But because, here we go, we're just going to be honest, we're just family here, right? Because we're stubborn. Because we are no longer flexible because we're unwilling to admit that we are traveling the wrong way, we refuse to to course correct, and we refuse to adjust our route. We sing songs that say your way is better until we figure out that we have a way we would prefer to go. And so now, although we sing your way is better, we walk our own way, and this is what happens. We are driven to destruction. I just want to encourage you this morning that it it, it would serve us to be reminded. It would help us if we would be reminded that Scripture says, like this There is a way in the heart of man that seems right to man, but where does it lead? To destruction. So if that's the truth, and it is, then I think what scripture is really telling us is this. We should slow down long enough to get God's insight and be willing to make course correction so that our course no longer leads to destruction. It's not enough to just recognize that our course leads us to destruction. We must be willing now to make a course correction. You can know your course is leading you to destruction and you can keep going right down it. Or you can recognize that God is trying to speak to us and we make the adjustments necessary. Uh, too many of us make up our minds and we refuse to course correct and we end up destroyed on the rocks of bad choices. We, we must become people, hear me this morning, that are more spirit led than we are senses led. Yeah, where we are tuned in to the spirit enough that even though it looks good and tastes good and feels good, smells good, that we don't trust that more than we trust the still small voice of God saying, wait a minute, if you go this way, it will lead to destruction in your life. And even though it looks good, smells good, tastes good, feels good, and all the other senses, whatever they all are, then, then we, we, we we're headed this way and it's attractive and it feels comfortable. But because we're more spirit led, we turn and we course correct to a di- different destination. I came to encourage you to course correct. Admit that you made the wrong turn, that you chose the wrong path, that you accepted the wrong friendship. By the way, it is okay to unfriend on Facebook and delete numbers out of your phone if that is the wrong path. Uh, uh, Maybe you've entered the wrong relationship, you've spent too much time with or at, and now you need to adjust. I just, I'm encouraging you to feel the breeze that God is sending in your face and turn and find safety. So my question to you simply this morning, because I always try to bring it down to questions for you. Here it is. What are the yellow lights, the warning signs that you are ignoring? What is it in your life that God has been doing, trying to get your attention to say to you, it's time to, to course correct and go a different direction. What, what light wind is blowing that you've been overlooking? What yellow lights are you running through saying I, I can pick my own path, I can do my own thing, I can make my own decisions. I just want to tell you it's time to course correct, it's time to adjust, it's time to change. Now just recognize this. I didn't read to you the whole account. I'm going to let you do that yourself but let me give you the highlight. Because lo and behold they get to where I stopped reading and the Bible says that the, the, the sailors are so terrified about this storm that they're in that when they approach shore and they're trying to get, get to safety, it says that being sailors, they lower they start lowering the lifeboats. And Paul stands up and says, you better listen to me. If you get in these lifeboats, every one of us are gonna die. And an interesting thing happens this time. They cut the ropes the lifeboats and let them fall into the sea, which doesn't make any sense. And the Bible says that when the, the ship hits the, the, that shoal line and it breaks apart, you need to go read the, the rest of the story. It says, and not one man perishes. So what happened? these sailors had learned their lesson. And the same rebuke, the same voice, the same prisoner, the same instrument, the same prophet, the same same direction. And now they had learned their lesson and they heed and they're saved. What I came to tell you this morning is that's how we've got to live, that now that we've ignored the yellow lights and the soft breezes and the rebukes and the conviction and the direction of God, we become sensitive once again. And when he speaks, could be the same voice we've been ignoring, could be the same, same person that he uses to bring irritation in our life, could be the same flashing sign, whatever. But all of a sudden we, we recalculate and we adjust and we become sensitive one more time and we move into safety and we're not destroyed. Father, I pray this morning that you'd help us. I know in my own life, I can be pretty stubborn and hard-headed and inflexible and unwilling to listen at times. I make up my own mind and I think I know my, my, the, the way better than anybody else. But this morning I declare before you that I wanna become sensitive again in the areas where I'm not sensitive. I pray that the flashing yellow lights, the warning signs, the the voice that's uh, being thrown through a personality that I may not even care for, it's not my preference. I pray that even when it feels good, smells good, tastes good, uh, uh, that in that moment, I would be willing to adjust the course of my life so that I can find safety in you if you're here this morning you say Steve I don't know Christ as my personal Savior my the, the Lord of my life the one that I've surrendered to he's not in charge of my steps he's not in charge of my soul every head bowed every eye closed no one looking around you would say the course adjustment I need to, to make this morning is I need to give him my life I need to give him control of my life make him Savior if that's you would you just raise your hand you can pull it right back down We won't embarrass you Just wanna pray intelligently that I need to give my life to him. But maybe you're here this morning, you say, Steve, the issue in my life is I'm not as sensitive as I once was. He used to be able to say one word to me and I would adjust my course. And now I continue to ignore the warning signs. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I've got my hand up. There are times I ignore and I don't wanna be there. Father, help us this morning. Help us this morning to adjust. Help us this morning to hear. We want to sail to safety. We don't want to experience the, the harsh wind of correction. We don't, want to, we don't want to experience the shipwrecks of life. We, we're praying that you would allow us to have a testimony that says we've been able to avoid brokenness and heartache and the loss of valuable cargo and relationships and, 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 and all of that simply because we become a group of people who are so sensitive to the nudge of the Holy Spirit that when you say stop, we stop. When you say go, we go. When you say go right, we go right. We don't even think about going left. When you say turn left, we turn left. We don't even look at right. God, we, we, we get in lockstep with the voice of your Holy Spirit in our life so that you lead us and guide us to all understanding, to a place of safety, for your glory and for your honor. And for your praise, we ask you to do this in us, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, touch your neighbor right now and say, don't ignore the nudge. Don't ignore the nudge. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.